come out of, of this relationship, mothering, which is a phenomenal concept to think about. But the interesting thing to me that, that uh, just being obedient to the Lord, because we were headed on relationship with the kingdom of God, and God said, I want you to teach on, you know, Titus 2.5 and 1 Timothy 4.14, I mean 5.14. And okay, well, God, this don't fit. Now, they didn't really realize what God was saying because that how, I don't know if you remember three weeks ago, I preached on the last day's attack of the enemy right in the midst of this kingdom of God stuff. Well, the thing the Lord really realized, revealed to me was there is a major attack today on family, mothering, and you've Therefore, you can see the title, Winning the Last Day's Battle, The Home and the Significance of Women. It's just amazing to me, this battle for this. Uh, notice this past scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. It says, The Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience, and forbidding, and I mean, as, as a branding iron, men who forbid marriage. Forbid marriage. I'm going, for years I looked at that, I'm going, uh, oh, by the way, if you don't have a handout, raise your hand up. Swifty's in the back, and he'll get you a um, handout. Um, men who forbid marriage. I'm going, God, what is this? Forbid marriage. You know, I'm just thinking, well, maybe it's just this... Uh, this is this monastic thing, you know, that was, you know, a priest couldn't get married. Maybe that's what this is, you know, Lord. But all of a sudden, you know, for one of the first times, I'd go, okay, well, what is that word? What is that Greek word? In fact, we'll do that a lot today, is look at words in Hebrew and Greek and, uh, and extract meanings out of it. And, and, you know, in fact, let me put this commercial in there. Sometimes people say, Rick, why do you spend so much time just talking about Greek or Hebrew or whatever? Like I was meeting with Jim Ebel the other day, and we were talking about passage of Scripture about a particular subject, and he says, well, Rick, just what would it be if you just read the past Scripture? And I go, well, Jim, what language? Hebrew or Greek? Because whether you read it in Hebrew or Greek versus reading it in English, it be totally different. It can be totally different. I'm, I'm a person who believes in inerrancy of Scripture, but inerrancy of Scripture in the original manuscripts, not in the translations. I will put that in there. Because what you're getting is, is in translations, to be honest with you, you're getting men's and women's um, interpretation, translation of a meaning within the context. And so that's why it's so important to me to study the things in the original manuscripts. And don't say, oh, I haven't been to seminary. Let me tell you something, y'all. You can ask Paula. Before I went to seminary and studied Greek and Hebrew, I'm in the grocery business. I would carry around this bag that had four books in it. My Bible, Strong's Concordance in the New American Standard, uh, Fines Expository, and an interlinear. I know. I mean, they wouldn't. I mean, I, seriously. I mean, and you could ask her, where I'd go, I'd carry these four books. And I'm reading, I mean, I'm going, I was just in the grocery business. Because I'm going, I'm just thinking, I'm going in treasure hunting. Because it really is, when you start examining the scriptures and you look at it and you go, oh, these are treasures. And you'll see that today. But I'm going this word about forbid marriage, and it's a Greek word that literally means, and think about this in the context, to dwarf, cut off, or weaken. And I'm going, wow. 
Isn't that what's happening today in our society? To cut off, to dwarf or weaken marriage. What is it? Marriage, man, woman, what? It don't matter. You can have one man, one woman, one, I mean, one man, one man, one woman, one woman. It don't matter. Mothering, what's that? Ingrid just tell me about a, some people she knew that two guys who got married. I mean, some associates, business associates, two guys who got married. So what they did was they took sperm from each other, impregnated a woman, and so that, I don't know how you did that, but, but did, where they both, the woman had two babies, one from each man. And so guess what? And, and the kids come forth, and it's, there's no mother, it's the donor. Talking about a kid screwed up. No mothering? Family? What's this? Last day's attack. Men who forbid marriage. Men who weaken the value of something God established in it. And now I'm going, God, now I understand why you're saying preach on this on Mother's Day. Oh, Jesus, have mercy on us in our society today. God, birth something in us. I'm going, Ingrid, tell me that wasn't true what you said. No, 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 that's in some book. No, she goes, that's real. I'm still, in, I'm still, from somebody from Okeechobee, that's weird. I mean, we used to breed cattle, you know? I mean, we did that. But this, I'm going, no mama? Oh, okay. So, Lord, 1 Timothy 4.1 is true. You wrote it 2,000 years ago. And so, all of a sudden, it is true. Well, what is this, God, today? that you're wanting to know. And there's three major points that God is saying, and he wants us to catch revelation today, to, to, that, to catch into our hearts, birth something. Because y'all, faith comes by what? Hearing by hearing what? And my prayer is today not a point of like that we say what we're not, but my prayer is, is that we receive some things in the Spirit that we can, it can impregnate us and birth in us the reality of, of God in us in particular facets, particularly in the area of family. I pray comes out of us an awareness of what God has given us and how we do not let the busyness and the turmoil of life steal from something from us that really God has given us. It's crazy. And it has many seasons, too. I will say that, y'all. We were talking about this earlier. You know, the season that Paul and I had as a father and mother, well, the season we had as a couple, there was a time we didn't have kids. Is that true? <laughs> there was a time that we weren't married. I can kind of get this period of time, you go, wait a minute. Were we born married? I mean, <laughs> and then you go, I had, we had Shay and Shell from the very start too, right? You know, and then, then, but you know, I got thinking about it. Then all of a sudden there's this transition but you never stop being a father, mother, just different forms. Because you know there's no grandfathering, no grandmothering in Scripture, just fathers and mothers. So, I, you know, it's really a crazy concept. So I pray today that we all get pregnant with the value of family. And I want to say this to you all, whether it's your single family or not, because there's some people in this room that go, oh, Mother's Day? Oh, I don't want to come to church. And I pray this, because I say this, there is, there is physical mothering, 
But you know what? To me, it's just as important as physical mothering and fathering, spiritual mothering and fathering. I mean, it's cool to me what goes on in front side of this building here on Monday through Friday with the, the tree, of, tree of life. I always get it mixed up. That's nothing but fathering and mothering occurring. This church has an opportunity to participate with. Do you realize probably many of those kids in there, they spend more time in that rooms, those rooms in there, than they spend in their parents. So guess who's, do, guess who's doing the most mothering? Danielle Vitelli. Not, not Vitelli. Uh, Bradford, sorry. Uh, man, you know, the Spraker, you Spraky Poo, yeah, he's in it too. And all the other men and women that are in there, Ted Keys and stuff like that. So anyway, well, let's just share some things. And, and the first thing that God wants us to catch here is that uh, is this First Timothy, First uh, Peter passage in three seven. I want you to catch this, you husbands. All right, remember, there's no Greek words for for husband or man. They're all same Greek word. Okay, but it's just we'll take it. You husbands, you men, in the same way, live with your wives slash women. In an understanding way. What does that mean? <laughs> Live with them in an understanding way. Well, you know, there's a book that wrote out, you know, men are from Venus, women are from Mars, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and is that right? Reversed. It don't make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> Women from, women from Mars, and to be honest with you, sometimes I feel like men are from Pluto. I mean, I'm going so far out of it. I don't know where they're coming or going. Paula says something, I'm going, huh? I, that's what I feel like sometimes. She says Pluto's not a planet anymore. I'm going, well. <laughs> so anyway. So what does this mean? Live with live in an understanding way. Well, I think it's a reference to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, when God created man and woman. Where it's, you know, many of y'all have heard me say this, but in Genesis 2, 18, where it says, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. Well, the Hebrew word there, alone, uh, you know, it gives you a picture like somebody just being by themselves. But the Greek word, Hebrew word there, is a word that literally means peace or part. In other words, it's not good for man to be a peace. And interestingly, where it says, I will make a helper suitable for him. That you know, oh, that's nice. Paul is my help me. Ah, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want the, you know what the word means? It literally means corresponding part. It's not good for man to be a piece. Adam's walking around in the garden, walking around a piece. There's all these animals. In fact, God, you know, God will never give you something you do not know you need. Because what does he do? It's not good for man to be a piece. I will make for him the corresponding part. So Adam's there, and God, I love it. So God, he takes Adam, and he says, okay, dude, name the animals. So he does. There's Adam. And so God starts bringing these animals by. This thing with a trunk. What are you going to call it? Elephant. Where did he get that? I mean, you've you got, you got to complain about what the name of the animals are. Talk to Adam when you get to heaven. But I mean, 
Look at the dude. What did he come in his name? Platypus. <laughs> a platypus. Plate on your nose, I guess. Puss. You're a pl- platypus. <laughs> what? Where do these names come from? I mean, what? Well, Adam, that's where. And you know why, too, because he was only a part. That's why. If Eve would have been there, it would have helped, I'm sure. <laughs> been more sophisticated, whatever. But, so Adam's there, he's trying to name these animals. And, but the really cool thing to me is, I love this, when it says, man gave names to all the cattle and the birds of the sky and every beast of field. But for Adam, there was not found the corresponding part. What's Adam doing? He's naming these animals. He's looking for the part. And it's not there. And I love, the, I love it in the Hebrew when it goes on and all of a sudden God took a rib and fashioned it into a woman because man, got, he formed out of the dust of the earth. Woman, he fashioned. That's a really cool thing. Simple construction. Man, Joe simply made out of dirt. Shells fashioned out of rib. <laughs> God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. That's what Joe said. It's interesting to me. Watch Max. He sits in the dirt. Francis or Michelle, she'll have her dolls or she'll have a book. Michelle used to read to Gracie and Eli. I mean, Gra- I mean Gracie, our dog back in the day. I'm going, how does she learn that? How did, how did Francis, Michelle, Francis, she has baby dolls. She starts loving them. I'm like, where did this come from? Where did this come from? It's in the fabric of creation. Max, that's now we had trauma in the Sizemore household. Max stole Francis's baby doll, and she he put it in the the old baby bed so Francis couldn't get to it. I, but, she kept, but Francis was screaming upstairs, and I'm thinking, oh, she's hurt. So I run upstairs. Max coming down the steps. You know, got this look on his face. He's coming down the steps. And Francis, I'm going up there. Oh, Francis heard it somehow. So I run up there. And going, Francis going, oh, no, no. What is it? What? 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 And Paula had to interpret for me. I think you'd interpret it for me downstairs, the tongues. You know, the baby is in the crib. Oh. I thought it was something bad. But, you know, but Michelle, God has created Adam and Eve. He created with the corresponding part. And I love that passage of Scripture when God took a rib and fashioned him to a woman. All of a sudden, he puts Adam to sleep at a place of rest, and this, this fashioned being comes forth. And I love it. You know, Hebrew is very emotional language. Where it, you know, we read it in English. Oh, this is, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Come on, Adam, get a grip. When you read it in English. But when you read it in the Hebrew... Paula says, don't scream in the microphone. But literally, it reads like this, really, in the Hebrew. Woo! This is it! This is it! <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is the part! <laughs> oh, man, God, you did good. You know? Well, so what? Like this. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. I'm seeing Paula, I'm going... Rick, you, you got head, head and butt disease, Rick. Get up <laughs> first. But anyway, 
what we got to acknowledge, y'all, when we're talking about value in the family, y'all, it's, it, you know, there's this, there's differences between man and woman. I mean, look at Burby. I mean, Burby's cool, but, but, but. <laughs> I remember one of the worst moments of my existence on the campus of Virginia Tech. I was campus minister there, go to a tech campus minister meeting, trying to be nice, and, you know, when it's, where they're bringing all these campus ministers together, and, and I, st- I made a mistake, and I sat across the table from the guy who was the campus minister for the Navigators, this dude called Pete Durrell, and you know who Pete, he's a troublemaker, in a good sense of the word, and I'm, we're sitting, Pete's like over here, and, and there's this lady sitting across the table from me is, who is radical, uh, liberal, feminist, radical, I mean flame. And, uh, and Pete asked this question. I know he did it on purpose. He asked this question, and he knew that I would run my mouth. And I made this statement about, you know, women and raising daughters and stuff like that because Michelle was young at the time, and I, I made this statement. Yeah, my heart is that Michelle would grow up and she would be empowered to be an awesome lady of God. This woman, how dare you want her to be a lady? There is no difference between a man and a woman. Don't you dare open a door for me. And I'm going, whoa. And she just, she just went after me with both feet. No difference between a man and a woman. I'm going, sis, you ain't going in our house, bedroom. Our Paul's a lot different than me. Praise God. You know, I mean, praise God she's different than me. She thinks different. She looks different. She operates. And why? My, my strengths are her weaknesses. Her strengths are my weaknesses. And when we come together, guess what? Corresponding part. The Greek, the Hebrew word makes a picture opposite but alike. That's like this thing came out of the same piece of paper. That's in when you read Genesis 1.26. Cre- male and female, he created he them. That's why. You know, Adam's walking around in a part. Paul is not just my helper. She is my corresponding part. And so, y'all, when we start talking about the family, there, we cannot separate the value of the relationship between Paula and I. I mean, that's why I love horses. I used to love horses a lot, lot more. I had horses all the time, and I remember... You know, I mean, there were times, hours upon hours, when I wasn't working on horseback because I worked on ranches in South Florida, and that's what I did. You know, I was worked on ranches and rode horses all day long. And, uh, but when I would, wasn't working, I would just ride horse. Cricket was like it for me. But, you know, cricket's not Paula. Paula is that corresponding part. So when we talk about family, we got to realize is, is that there's difference between a, a man and a woman. Oh, y'all, I, let me just say this too. Not just in a family like this. I'm talking, I mean, this. But how family like this. God forbid. And we've done this, y'all. And I ought to repent about this problem. I have repented. I've, I've repent, I don't know what I've repented of. Thank you. I can forget about it. But I, remember, I was teaching the ladies' Bible study here at one time, y'all. What? Come on. People ask me, why'd you do that? I don't know. 
But, but because, you know, why? Because I'll be honest with you, we, in our early days, and how long the church has just been male? I'm not, I mean, could you imagine a family just being male? <laughs> I remember when Paula would go away with Shay and Michelle were little, she'd go away for a weekend and stuff like that, you know, and I'm praying that she get back safely. And it was, I, there was a concern for her getting back for her. But the big thing was I was going, Jesus, get her back. Because I don't know what would happen if something happened to her. And I had to raise two kids on my own. I'm going, oh. This week, Paula and I have been, we've had Max and Francis. And we were flip-flopping. She would work and go home. I would, like, and, you know, there were whole days that I had the kids all day. So, Y'all, the, who's these women? In, like Michelle, how do you do this? She's got three kids. Three boys. How do you, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm going, oh, Jesus. I mean, how do you do this? I'm going, what do you do? How do you go to the bathroom? You know, I mean, very quickly. I don't know what. I remember Michelle, Francis, and Max are sitting there watching TV. I'm going, hallelujah, let me sleep. Oh, Jesus. Let me get about two minutes of sleep. And I'm going, wow, because I'm going, thank you, Jesus. There, there is a difference between Paula and I. You know, Michelle can do that. You let Joe do that. We're probably visiting Joe at St. Albans. Oh, yeah, he could, but it wouldn't be as good. But, so when it's 1 Peter 3, 7, let's go to the next past scripture, same one. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. What is this saying here to the husband? Blend the difference. Recognize the difference and blend the difference. And I want to say this. Joe, right about this? You cannot make a woman to be like a man. Isn't there a song about that, My Fair Lady? Yeah, why can't I? No, My Fair Lady. Why can't? Have you ever seen My Fair Lady? Tulio. <laughs> You've been. You seen it, haven't you, Tammy? Yeah. My, why can't a woman be like more like a man? That's a man in desperation trying to blend the differences, recognize there's differences. But that's what God's saying. Do it. By grace, and it can only God can do that. And, and praise God. In fact, one time I, I was, you all heard me say this, I was crying out to the Lord about the differences between Paula and I. And that's when I said, you know, the Lord, God, she's so different to me. And, and, go, and how do I do this? And God spoke to me real hard, says, that's why you need me. And that's the truth. How does, I mean, how does God do this? Because that is, the faint, that is the fabric of the beginning of, of God doing a thing, and that's what the world's trying to do, steal that difference. That's what that woman at that campus ministry meeting was trying to do. Oh, no, Paula's no different than you. Well, the bad thing is, is though I have tried to make her like me, and that don't work. God, recognize the first step in this thing, y'all, is recognize the differences and value them, cherish them, and treasure them 
and then allow the Spirit of God to give us wisdom how to blend the differences, both family, this family, but also this family. And so, and not, y'all, here's the thing is, is in this family, which I, I'd already said that, is that we discounted the female voice in the body of Christ. Because we did not understand some passages of Scripture, like 1 Timothy 2.12. For I would that a woman not exercise authority or teach a man what it says in the English. Read that in the Greek. Or 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 36, where it says a woman uh, keeps silent in the church. What is that? We'll talk about that at a later date, but today's not the date to talk about that. Because we have not understood those passages of Scripture. be honest with you, uh, we have shut up the mothering voice in the church. And we got men teaching women Bible studies. What are you laughing about? <laughs> so, okay, going on. So anyway, let's go on to the next past scripture, first past scripture that God told me to, to speak on. This Titus 2.5. He told me to speak this one, okay? It says... It's right in the middle where it says the older women. Let me just read the verses prior to it. Sorry about that. 2.5. It says the older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior. By the way, that Greek Hebrew Greek word there, older women, is a Greek word that means elder women. Talk about that later. They're to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. Teaching what is good. What is it? It's just not people who are older that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Here's the interest. Sensible, pure workers at home. Workers at home. Now, we read that in English, and guess what? I guarantee you, there's, we've been in churches before that where Paula would be in sin because she'd just spent, by the way, Friday was her last day. She's retired. Okay. Which can I tell you that I'm very, very proud of her, that she very much distinguished herself in the job that she is and was in in this church, uh, a woman of honor. I, I just freed her. I just said, we just released her to teach, to teach I and mean, train people how to do stuff that she didn't know how to do, but just by God, God's grace and mercy, just to teach and train. Well, guess what? By the time it's over with six years later, she's a major boss in that company. That's all I that, that's my picture. You was president of Deloitte. <laughs> See, Rich worked there. He said he saw it. Yeah. You were a boss. Who worked in here for Deloitte? See? And Angie, she got proof there's Angie too. Right? She was a big boss, wasn't she? Big boss. I'm going on, but she was awesome, y'all. I'm proud of her. But anyway, this phrase here, workers at home, what does that mean? <laughs> well, the Greek word, let's go to the next next, next slide. Um, I'm sorry, I did not. Go to the next slide. Did I get it out of order? Oh, well, go back. It's the Greek word, oik urgas, or oik uros. Oik is the Greek word for, not pig, but house. And oros, orgos, is the word that gets translated work or slash watcher. Literally, watcher in the home. 
builder, watcher, builder in the home. And we go worker in the home. But we've got to realize, get, go to the next slide here. Oh, wait a minute. Let me look, look back. I'm sorry, that Proverbs press. I'm going, where did Paul get this? Where did he get it? Proverbs 4, I mean 31, 27. She looks well to the ways of her household. Ways has to do with journeys, how things are going. In other words, a woman of God, she sees, she looks at how her family's walking, the, 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 the doorways, the paths of her house. But it's more than just knowing that. Notice this passage in Ruth chapter 4 where it says, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the, women who is, the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, both whom built the house of Israel. Who's the builder of the homes? The woman. The woman. It's not the man. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the call and the created fabric of God that is in Paula is to build her the home. It's interesting to me. Now, the only interesting fabric thing here, in fact, about this, two, two major things I'm just going to talk about Paula. Two things. When we were, when we, you know, when the kids were in the home, this happened all the time. Uh, Rick, um, I think you need to pay attention to what's happening with Shay here. You need to watch this. I pray for the kids all the time. God's giving me prophetic words, what they're going into. You know, I'm thinking big, crazy spiritual stuff most all the time in with them, and you know, and, uh, but, you know, Paula, but Paula's telling me the details of stuff. She's saying, watch this. Oh, 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 really? Oh, yeah, okay. Why? She had her pulse on the things that was happening in the family. I guarantee it's that way right here. I know it's this way here. <clears throat> you know? Because why? You know, I've watched Mitch and Leah. I mean, as they've been raising these kids here, I watched them in this, and Mitch has been clueless for me like a lot of times like with me. <laughs> and Leah's feeling something, and she's trying to communicate it to Mitch, and Mitch is thinking logical, and, you know, Kaylee's not doing her homework, you know, you know, or whatever. I don't, she, I don't know if that's ever true. You know, Kaylee's the perfect. Kaylee is perfect. I mean, that was somebody else. But, but anyway, you know, but Leah, there was this thing that in Leah, there's things in mothers and women in the home that can feel stuff. Not feel stuff, but see, feel. You know. Why? That's a created call of God. To build the family. And, and one of the things, uh, in fact, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to tell the other thing about Paula. There's this thing in her to build the home. It's interesting to me. Y'all, she got these bonuses for working at Deloitte. What she's wanting to do with her bonuses, and I started repenting about this this morning. Think about letting her. You know what she wants to do with the bonuses? Let me just tell you what she wants to do with the bonuses. What she want to do with the bonuses? You know what she wants to do with the bonuses? She wants to buy stuff for the house. What is that? What is that? She's wanting to what? Build the house. She's not going. Hey, Rick, take me away. Let's go. She does, but but let's go vacation. That's my dollars. Oh, that's it. This is limited. This, is, you know. But anyway, but it did told me a lot about Paula that her that what she worked for. She said, "I want to take invest back into our house." 
Why? There's this thing in her to build the house. What happens in our house is important to her. I'm going, what's the difference? Just don't make them walls white. Whatever. <laughs> no. That's a sort of a thing between her and I down through the years. So anyway, there's this thing. And, and I'm going to say this, y'all, this next passage. I, I want to get to discount something because there's this thing to press women down. Because what if God has called a woman to work outside the home? Because look at this woman here, Proverbs 31, 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard, and her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff. She extends her hand to the poor. She stretches out her hands to the needy. She, she considers a piece of property and buys it. That's a woman who works outside the home. Now, so what I want to say is this, is don't, you know, for you ladies who, who God has called to work outside the home, uh, that's cool. But I will say this to you. There's something in you. Like for Paula, even though she's working, she, something in her that goes, okay, the house has got to be. And I don't mean when I'm saying house, I don't mean necessarily the physical part. But how what happens with Shay, Michelle, and Francis and Max. She's the one that'll go, kids are coming up. She's working a full week and she's going, we'll take care of the kids, Shay and Leela. We'll take them. And I'm going, what? Okay. You know? Mike and Melissa do that a lot. Because what is that? That is mothering. Even though it's maybe coming from another side of grandmothering, but that's, that's mothering. To build... Not only the size, more legacy. I remember her telling me, she goes, Rick, you can lead the whole world to Jesus and lose your own two kids. What have you gained? I'm going, oh, man. Why? Her heart to build the house. That's in, ladies. I mean, both spiritual and physical. There's women in this church right here that are not married, but, it, but who have a fabric, a heart to birth to the kingdom of God. I sent an email off this morning to some ladies and to like Annika in, in uh, Sweden. Not married. Doesn't have any kids. And I wished her happy Mother's Day because why? There's a bunch of people in the kingdom of God who have been birthed into this kingdom, have been mothered because of Annika. Praise God to recognize that thing that's in the women and not to see it discounted. I want to and see, I, how I see it is, it's like, like this is Paula. And say, it's like, this is our home. Paula's our home. This is Paula. She, her heart is to the home. But I'm, I see differently. I see out from our home. And she's seeing in. And, and there's this relationship between the two. Because notice this passage in Proverbs. It's in the context of husband and wife. Go on to the next slide, please. Notice this. Her husband... And notice the statement I said, men are gifted to see the threat and the opportunities from within. I believe that men as a whole are gifted to see out. What's the threat? Out. Care out. Her husband is known in the gates. He sits among the elders in the land. Where's the home? Why? It's on the fabric of the mother. Are both? In, in both, and there's times policies out. There's, times, there's women in here that see out. 
but there's gifting within you that I want to acknowledge and call out and say, praise God, it's there in the mothers, in both in the physical and the spirit, to call out to the family. And not everybody be crazy like me, just always thinking about out, thinking about out. And so, and notice this. What's the application? Think inside out. The husband and wife form a team of discernment and ability to see where God birthed something and the name is being birthed. Praise God. Now, that's the interesting thing here. The next one that, uh, that I want to... Women are created or gifted... Now, I'm going to use a word here. It's pretty controversial. Rule the home. Rule the home. Notice this, this verse here in 1 Timothy 5, 14. For therefore I want the younger widows to get married, bear children, keep house. Keep houses in the English. What's the Greek word? Well, you see in your notes there, oikdespoteo, oik again, house, despoteo, despot. Guess what? Ruler. It's the only place in the, new, the, the verbal form of this is word used. The noun form, which is very, they're, they're connected, is used many times. And go to the next slide there. I want to show you this word. It's not watered down except when it comes to woman. And it says keep house. Look at these. Look at, I just picked out, and you see in your notes the number, a whole bunch more times this, this Greek word is used. And notice the word here. Uh, it's literally translated house ruler. Let me show you the, let me show you the verses where, where it's used, particularly in the Gospels. Note that if the head of the house, that's Olga Despoteo or Despotas, the head of the house had known what time the night the thief was coming, or or in Matthew 13, 15, the disciples of the kingdom is like a head of the household. Uh, The slave came back and reported to his master. That's that's the the Greek word there. Notice this. Whenever he enters, he says to the owner of the house. In other words, it's interesting to me, Paul writes this about the woman, and he didn't even know what he was writing. I know Paul and Peter and these guys are just like me. They're hearing truths in the Word of God. They're catching it, and they're going, huh? Paul writes this about woman by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We know that no passage of Scripture was written by the act of human will, but holy men you know, heard from God and spoke from God. But writes into it, Paula, ruler of the house. Because, you know, if you're going to build something, you've got to have the authority to do it. Now, what does that mean? Now, let's, let's, let's go to the next passage of Scriptures and think about this. For husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. What does that mean? I'm the head of Paul, and Paul is the ruler of the house. What is, what is this? Think about this. Go, go to the next slide. Notice this. Because there's this, there's this crazy dynamic. And, and here, y'all, for once, pause your thinking in relationship to the world thinking and how this. And, uh, in fact, I'm sorry, y'all. There's an important past scripture that I skipped over. In Ephesians 5.20, when I, we did the... Go back one slide, please. Notice this past scripture. Husband is the head of the wife. Okay, there's a thing of authority. It is a thing of authority. When you talk about headship, but we cannot think. Jesus warned us in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 and 26. 
And let me, y'all, you've heard me say this, y'all, but this is so crucial because the kingdom of God thinks totally different than the world. Why do you think when Jesus burst on the scene and John the Baptist burst on the scene, the very first thing they start preaching is what? Repent. What's repent mean? Another mind. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Why? Guess what? We cannot think like the world in the kingdom of God. Because notice this passage in Matthew 20, 25. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. Their great men exercise authority over. <coughs> Excuse me. In other words, if you have authority, it's in the world, it's over. If you have authority, it is over. Two times in one verse, Jesus says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over and their great men exercise authority over. Oh, cool. Thank you, Jeff. Get that twice. Over, over, over. What's verse 26 say? It is not this way among you. It's not this way. In other words, if I've got authority, it's not to be what? Exercised what? Over. Head of, husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. The authority that I have over Paula is not to exercise it over. What do we know? In dwelling place, we know the purpose of authority. Or, or Sometimes I forget. Count. But I know the purpose of authority, Hebrews 13, 17. Uh, purpose of authority is accountability. Purpose of authority is, is to protect. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, purpose of authority is to build up. Purpose of authority, according to Luke chapter 7, is to regulate the flow of power, cut off the bad, release the good. Purpose of authority, according to Matthew 20, is to serve. Purpose of authority is to be an example to those allotted to your charge. It's not so among you. God forbid, I want to say this, God forbid that we have exercised in the home authority over. God forbid that we have exercised authority in the church over. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I've done it. And you know what? In exercising authority, I've cut off the authority and the power that God has imparted to my wife to build a house. Oh, we, we've limped along and we've, God's grace and mercy fills the gaps. But, you know, that's why many times I hold the kids and I weep, the grandkids, and I weep and I cry and I'm going, God, I know things now. I know things now. This is not fair. You know? Why am I speaking this stuff from the depth of my heart? Because those who are following... Paul and I, you don't have to make the same mistake. Well, what does this mean? She's the ruler of the house. I'm the head of the wife. Guess what? Because I am to exercise authority as Jesus exercised authority. Just as the Son of Man did not come to, to be served, but is to what? Serve and give his what? Life as a ransom for many. I've got this authority to be head. So I don't exercise my authority over her. 
But interesting thing. Now, y'all, very, very important to hear the next phrase. Go, go to the next slide. Key force that makes it all work is the wife's submission to the authority. Now, interesting, I don't have the Greek words written there. I should have, but the Greek word is hupotasso. Hupa means under, tasso means to order. Now, I've said this in this church, but I want to say it again in another context to make sure that it gets clear. I know what it's like to violate the authority that God has given me to protect my family. And I have wimped out many times it was not there in a way that I needed to. This issue is coming right now where it says authority, the purpose of authority is to protect. Y'all, it did not come. I read it in the scriptures, yes, but I'll be honest with you, it's birthed in me the hell that I've caused in my family because, because I have not exercised authority. I said that wrong. Just be of the authority in the home. Not exercise authority. Be the authority in the home. There's a difference. I'm praying about it one time because I'm going, God, as in as a as my family and in this church, I, ex I want to protect the people, Lord. And so you know what I would do? I would start to exercise authority, what? Over Mitch has known it. I've watched, he's watched me trying to love he and Leah, and I'd exercise authority over him, and I'd go, Mitch, this is the way it's going to be. And I'd exercise authority over, and Mitch is going, feel like part of his guts would get ripped out. Or like I may have uh, emasculated him. And uh, trying to, because I love him, and I want to what? Protect him. Rick, you don't understand authority. You don't understand it. The Greek word hupotasso, wives submit. Order under. God says to me, I'm praying about it in time, says, Rick, you're exercising authority over to protect. The protection is not in you exercising authority over. That's the way the Gentiles do it. It is not so among you. The, the protection is not in you exercising authority over. The protection is in the Submission. What? Isn't that the way it is with Jesus? I'm Lord. Is there anybody in this room? Really, seriously, I'm curious. I'm, I mean, I'm not that's smart, elicky. Is anybody in here, Jesus grabbed you by the shirt and forced you into submission to his lordship? Every one of us in here, when that's 1 Corinthians 7 37, I've given you authority over your own will. He's Lord. Dude, so powerful, I say his name, a demon will, will flee. So powerful. You say it and people are healed or somebody, you know, forgives sin, it's forgiven. So powerful. But yet, it's there and he goes, Rick, submit. Oh, yeah. Pour yourself under it. It's so powerful where it says, in 1 Peter 3, 1, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands, even if they're disobedient to the word. They may be won by the behavior of their wives. <coughs> and I, know, I don't know that this is true. I've been searching it out. My question is, is it they, is the they, the husbands, if it's not more it, the situation will be one. I can think in the times... 
in our lives, the thing that preceded victory in our lives is when she submitted to the authorities. And she could tell you about this. Because interesting to me, is it before or after this, Jeff? The, the past scripture, Ephesians, I'm sorry, go, go back toward the front. One, yeah, the next one, that's where it's wives submitting. Yeah. There's a, in 522, the very first passage of Scripture that, if you'll notice this, every time God's preaching to the family, Ephesians 5, Colossians 3, and 1 Peter 3. You know who he begins with? The wives. Submit. Is that Paula's mindset? Y'all don't think world. Paula looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary one time, a long time ago, and the word submit meant eat dirt. In, the, in English. That's what the world thinks because you know why the church has made it that way. The most powerful thing that Paula can do is submit. And that's one of the things that, that when our marriage was falling apart, and she, she you ought to tell this story. No, she, I tried to get her to. She, 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 we're, we're, she, we're really struggling. I mean, it's bad, y'all. I mean, bad. We're in Okeechobee, and, you know, I mean, we're past the point of divorce. You can go, God, you got to do something. And Paula goes to a, Christ, a Christian bookstore since looking for a book. And, Lord, there's got to be something in here. And God shows her this book to buy. And she, you know, that's the book. So she looks at the title, and she almost threw up when she read it. It says, How to Be the Wife of a Happy Husband. Oh. <laughs> and you're dealing with a woman here as I... Her theme song, y'all, when we first got med married was Helen Reddy's song, I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar. That was her theme song. Really? <laughs> no man going to tell me what to do. That I was dumb country boy. Yeah, I will. So, I mean, you can see why we're, we were having issues. <laughs> But anyway, she read that book, and the book shared with her the power of submission. Because why? That's why there's today I've got a saying that says, you know, it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of a submitting wife. Dude, it is real. I know what it's like when a wife submits to the Lord and says, okay, Jesus, you get him. <gasps> no, get unforgiveness, get bitterness, get anger, do something, Paula, but don't say that. I know what this feels like when this is the hand of God going, Arr! because why? <clears throat> so in this place, when Paula, I, I operate in the authority that God's given me, but the authority that I have is to empower her in that. Hear her heart, value her heart, empower, put resources into her, empower her. I love you, babe. What you're hearing and feeling, okay, I, I receive it. I speak the counsel. I, we work, operate as a team like Jesus. Lord, what's your counsel for us? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for us. Go to the next slide. <laughs> it's real. Go on. It's, I'm sorry. Look at this. As Christ empowers the church, men are destined to empower and team with the women in their lives to build the home, whether it's here or here, to empower, 
Just, it's interesting. Notice this passage I read here. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of the man. <laughs> and the man is the head of the wife. God is the head of Christ. Guess what, y'all? Everybody's got a head. But everybody's got a head, and the question is, are we going to what? Submit. You know what's interesting to me? Ephesians 5.22. Guess that, get this one. We, we're big about the Ephesians 5.20. It says, Husband, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. We're big about that one. You know, for a long time, I didn't think there was a 21. But, you know, there is a 21. If you have a 22, there's a what? 21. You read 21 sometime, y'all. You know what it says? Submit yourselves one unto the other and it's into the fear of the Lord. Huh? Before he says anything to her, he's saying to me, submit. What? Submit myself. One of the biggest things that the eldership would tell you that that's starting to birth into my life. I'm not going to make any boastful claims. <laughs> but God is birthing in me the responsibility as an apostolic leader is to the greatest thing I can do is what? What? Say it. Submit. What? Find the authority, submit. Find the authority, submit. Most powerful thing you can do. It's the kingdom of God, y'all. I'm head over Paula, but the, the verse before it says, submit. Guess what? You know, you, you see it in like, your body's not your own. Her body's not hers. You see it in that. That, that the whole facet of submission to one another. And that's why I'm asking us, y'all, to think. Go to the next slide. Here, the application. Women are destined to rule the home. That's the Greek word, y'all. I don't care how you slice it. You can translate it, commit, keep all you want to. But when you read it in the Greek, it's not a watered-down word. The word is oligodospeteo. I mean, rule the house. There is authority in this. Ernie, what are you laughing at, bro? <laughs> Greek. <laughs> I know that ain't how you probably say it, but um, I know they don't. If they... If, if somebody was here from Greek, they would laugh at me trying to say that word. But they probably think I'm cussing. But but anyway, women are destined to rule the home by the power of submission to a serving and empowering hus husband and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what God has spoke to me about this, y'all. It's time for us to win the family back. But the only way to win the family is to win it God's way. The church has modeled incorrectly the role of a family, the role of women in the, ch in the church, the role of men. Because you take, a, you take a woman like Paula, you take a woman like Paula. I'm going to tell you something. You can ask Angie Miller, you ask Rich and, and some of these other men and women who worked alongside her at, at Deloitte. And you're finding a woman that is classy, who knows how to get things done. Am I saying right, Rich? And carries a big stick. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Let me ask you this. Do you think it's sin that gifted Paula with these things? Is it because of Eve fell that there's this weird distortion that 
man missed. I'm, I didn't get the things that she was supposed to get. Maybe God was trying to give it to me, and I didn't get those giftings, and I needed to dominate the home. That was, that was my mindset raised up in hillbilly theology. Man's the head. Tammy knows what it is in Big Stone Gap. Paula needs to, I need to come in from work and lay down on my, sit down on my chair, and she needs to bring my slippers, and she needs to bring supper. Let's get it, you know, <laughs> and have the kids straight when I get home. That's the theology of Big Stone Gap. But no, no, God gifted Paula. He gave her the things that he gave her. And guess what? The role and responsibility of mine is to recognize these differences in us and the power of God to in her to release her, to, to understand that she's not a threat to me and her exercising the authority with the kids and stuff like that. No, she's not a threat to me. I'm her head. I'm there to protect and be there for her. So anyway. So. Call everything I said a lie. And let God be established. Study the scriptures. Search the scriptures and see if these things are so. But I believe this. That when we. First off we need to repent. For just thinking lightly about family. I just, don't think lightly. I just, I say this, Joe and Michelle, do not think lightly. You get this, we get with Paula at a leadership meeting and dwelling place. We get from the other churches. I'm sitting here speaking things about where the churches should go or stuff like that. You know what she does? She gets up with tears in her eyes and she says, all right, men, women, take care of those kids. Love those kids. How many times have you heard that? What's important, y'all? Let's win the life, let's win the world. And guess what? Our kids are sitting there going, I don't have nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ because guess what it means? I'm nothing. But praise God for the things in the women in our lives that cause us back into the, to build the home, both here home, this home. And it's important. It's important. You want to say something? We had one prayer, y'all, that well, I do need to speak it. What if uh, you were in a home that was not like this? What if you were in a home that didn't know the value of mothering or fathering? What if you were in that? Well, there's a big hole that God wants to heal your hearts. And that's, that is there also. So anyway, can I, uh, can I ask us to take these out? <coughs> Excuse me. Mother's Day. Let it be said that Mother's Day is not a celebration just for biological mothers. Let it be said that Mother's Day is a, a celebration of the women of God in our midst both the who birth both physically and spiritually and who walk with integrity and character. That is, that is what Mother's Day is about. And so, um, so I'd like us to confess this 
into the relationship to the women in our body. Um, this is not, Proverbs 31 is not a thing for people to, women to perform. That's, y'all heard me say this before, this is not a performance thing. The Word of God is not to perform. The Word of God is to hear and receive and believe. First, First Thessalonians 2.13. So, I just want to speak this into the woman in their body. And, oh, I messed up. It's not 27. 27 is true. But I meant to have 28. And I want to speak this. Huh? Can we confess 28? 31, 28. Uh, thank you. It's on the front of the bulletin. So anyway, so men, can y'all help me out? Let's confess this to the ladies. Okay? All right? Now, y'all don't leave me hanging, okay? <laughs> I'll confess this. And we're going to read it like this. It, you know, like, pick on Jen Cesario. She's not my wife. You know what? She's a gift to me in the Lord. I, I guarantee I go around this body and how many of you say, how many gins are sorry as a gift to y'all in this body? Yeah. Yeah. It's an excellent woman we have found in dwelling place. Her worth to us is far above jewels. So, okay? So may not have somebody here physically to speak it into her when she goes home, but we'll do it for her, right? So we're going to speak it over. Men, we're going to speak this over to the women in our body. So instead of the word wife, let's say women that we have found. Okay? So y'all repeat after me. I'll say a phrase, y'all say a phrase. Okay. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. An excellent, excellent women we have found. Their worth to us is far above jewels. Our hearts trust in them. And because of them, we will have no lack of gain. And let's just speak Proverbs this. Their children will rise up and bless them. Amen? I'm not going to say the next one. I need to say that to her. So, so, um, so anyway, anybody want to add something? Somebody could us. You want to add something? Yeah. I'm supposed to close somehow. Amen. Um, oh, I did not bring my ketchup bottle there. <laughs> I didn't know it was sure. You sure? Sure. <laughs> She said, uh, she's like Paula and her taking the day off. It's Mother's Day. Go on, Tim. I mean, just the whole day, I just wanted to, I woke up this morning just thankful that the Lord made me a woman. And what a day just to celebrate. And I just, I just wanted to encourage us all as women, like, first and foremost, we are daughters of the Most High. And at the end of the day, no matter what I've done, no matter whose lives I've touched or talked to or disciplined or 
whatever, how many houses I've cleaned or toilets I've, I've scrubbed. And when I lay down at night, I'm a daughter of the Most High. And that's what defines me at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, that I know who my Father is. And that in and of itself brings me strength to walk out any other path that the Lord leads me on each and every day. Amen. Amen. She, she is now recanting and taking. Now, I did wake up feeling, um, and I, I felt it was more just what the Lord has been speaking to me, but I just really feel like that he's wanting, like there's this process of receiving his favor. And I think sometimes we're, we're looking to this world, we're looking to others, we're looking to our performance, especially as women, to receive our worth and value. And he, I just felt like he was just really saying, no, like it is my favor, it is my favor that I want you to fully receive. And, and I think that that's huge in the body of Christ as, as women, as daughters, that we know that we are favored of the Lord. So I just really feel like that's just a place for us to just really press into him and to receive the favor that, that he's given us and that he gives us. Amen. So let's, let's just stand. Um, just really he, um, <laughs> keep putting it over. <laughs> uh, I just keep hearing this, that Proverbs 20, 31, 25, that strength and dignity are her clothing. And you just need to clothe yourselves in the strength of the Lord and the dignity of the Lord. And, that, and, and this phrase, that you, she smiles at the future. And I just feel like the Lord is just regaining a smile today on some, maybe it's mothers, some, some of it's children in relationship to your mothers. Sometimes, I mean, whatever that looks like, whatever season you're at, I just feel like the Lord is re, just putting a smile back on your face. Um, that the Lord is going to do some really cool uh, interactive uh, works in the kingdom for you today. And so I, I just want to pray that over you. I just want to pray that over the women of this body. Um, Father, I just pray, Lord, right now, just thank you for, just as Tammy and Leah just came up and declared, God, just thank you for the women in this body. Thank you for the women. Thank you for making them women, designing them, forming and fashioning them into the very creative purpose of the kingdom of God, not less than, not greater than. Lord, just the reality is that they are who they are uh, to you as daughters of the kingdom. And so, Lord, I just pray that. God, it's, a, it's an absolute just joy to see, Lord, just women uh, being in the, the daughters of the kingdom that they are. And so, Lord, I just pray that. This, I pray this verse over them, that strength and dignity would just rise up within them. The strength of the Lord, the joy of the Lord would be their strength. God, the dignity of just who they are as a formed and fashioned daughter of the kingdom would just rise up within them, Lord, that they would not look down on themselves or they would not think less than, but Lord, that they would think what you think of them, and that's daughter of the Most High God, and that you would smile, that they could smile at the future. Lord, that they're the future that they have in you, the future they have in the redemption of 
them maybe as a daughter, maybe them as a mother, maybe them as just whatever that looks like in between. We just pray for today would be a day of redemption, reconciliation, and, and supernatural relationship with you and relationship as a mother-daughter woman of God. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We bless you. Thank you for the word, Lord God. Just that word, Lord God, just that challenges us to uh, repent, renew our minds to the things of the kingdom, renew our minds and how we walk in the, the kingdom. The kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. It's an inside-out, upside-down kingdom. It's, it doesn't operate like this world. And, Lord, we want to renew our mind to that truth, to the truth of the gospel. So, Lord, we thank you for women. We thank you for mothers today. today. We thank you for your goodness in that. And so we bless you. We bless you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, for the revelations that your, your word carries, the seeds that release the character of God. Lord, I just ask forgiveness for the times in my life, for the men in this church, Lord, the times we've operated in ignorance and we cut off the power of God from flowing in our families and in our midst. Lord, for not taking care of your daughters. But, Lord, but also at the same time, I receive an abundance of mercy and just calling forth your grace, Lord. This is not a day to just uh, shrink back and say, what we didn't do, Lord, I just thank God that you're birthing something in us, something new that's beautiful. Not necessarily new. It's not new, Lord. It's, you wrote it in your word. You've displayed it. You walked on it in this earth, Lord. You were the example to us in relationship to your church. You loved us in such a way that you did not ask for us to give to you, but you gave it all to us as, your, as our bridegroom. So, Lord, we call forth, Lord, revelations of the home. We take back the, the family, Lord. We just say in the name of Jesus, Satan, hands off. Lord, we declare that the family of fa biological families and the family of God rise up, rise up. And, Lord, we just pray that in the name of Jesus, the family cannot be stolen. It cannot be distorted. Where the, the kids of this generation rise up and raise are raised up, Lord, not knowing what it see, means to have a father and a mother. But Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, the revival comes. Lord, bet it begin with us to be displayed the pureness of the power of the grace and mercy of God, not according to the works of the law but according to your grace, which is imparted by faith and the power of you displaying yourself in the power of love. Lord, give us revelation of how to walk in the integrity that you walk among one another in the Trinity. Lord, how you gave it all and how you did not consider equality with one another a thing to be grasped. But Lord, you walked in a manner Lord, in awesomeness of character. Let it be birthed in us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, God. Lord, I pray this. I, Lord, I pray. I, I see it right now in the Spirit. Lord, there's, there's fathers in this place that have sons and daughters that are little, and they're seeing and they're learning how to walk with their, their future spouses by what they see their dad doing with their moms right now. Or how they treat the women around them. Lord, I pray that it birth in us. Let it birth in us, God. Let us be an example to the next generation, God. Let it be, Lord. Let it be where the world looks and sees and they know that this is what we want. Lord, let it be. Let it be. Yeah, Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Was there something else, Tom? Uh, Joe had a word, but you you prayed it. So, well, you guys, ladies, have a great uh, day to celebrate. Celebrate with your families. I'm sure a lot of you. Uh, if you need any prayer, f- find one of us up here. We'll we'll be happy to pray. But just be blessed. Enjoy your day, and uh, have a happy Mother's Day. <laughs>